and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. How do we do that? Through our childhood movies, of course. This is episode 41, and with me today is my co-host and older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, what do you have to say to the camera? I like turtles. Oh. And apparently, I've never been on live <laughs> television before. And apparently, I've never ever been on live television before. Sorry, sorry, those are not my catchphrases. Quack, quack, everybody. Good to be back here on another episode of Inside Quotes. I think that's the funniest video on the internet. I, 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 between that one and... Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Mm. Her sister was a witch! Right? right? Like that, those, right? those are the two funniest videos on... Right? <laughs> so what was her sister? A princess! The Wicked Witch of the East, bro! Well, hear that, everybody. We, we not only quote our favorite movies, but also our, our favorite TikToks, Vines, memes, internet culture, whatever. Oh, no. All right, this is a rabbit hole that we need to dig ourselves out of real quick. Yeah, no, Jeremy, I know this week we've got a pretty special episode. I know, I know I'm excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I think you were kind of nervous about you didn't know what you had to say, but just listen to me. Just put your glove up in the air. Just keep it there, and I'll do all the work, all right? Leave the rest up to me. Please catch it. Don't be a goofus. Don't be a goofus. Don't be a goofus. Oh man, I the only reason I've been scared about this movie is because it's such an important one. It's a big one. I feel like every American family in the 90s and early 2000s has seen this movie. Like I think it's one of those it's part of the citizenship test. Like for the census, mm-hmm. like they ask you how many what your monthly income is and like how many people live in the household and then they also say how many of those people that live in the household have seen Sandlot, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of paperwork, but anyways, safe safe to say everybody's seen this movie. Yes, and if you have seen Sandlot two or three, you're disqualified because that stuff is trash, and I refuse to watch. I refuse. Uh, I hope we don't offend anybody. I really, also, I really. No one is going to be offended by us saying we do not want to watch Sandlot two or three, the direct-to-video sequels. Oh, there's four. I'm pretty sure. The only thing I'm not that we will sure, stand is the Disney Plus reboot eventually when it happens. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're this week we're talking about the Sandlot and movie that came out in 1993. It's about a boy, a dog, a baseball signed by Baby Ruthie, whoever she is. <laughs> That's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, movie man. for me is huge because we were we rewatch movies a lot me and you Jeremy but yes. this is a movie i thoroughly ran into the ground so much so that our older brother larry despises this movie now cuz i ruined it for him i just watched this over me? and over again he just refuses. i can't hate this movie you it's impossible it's too good this is one of those where our whole family excluding larry <laughs> Um, we'll sit down and watch at any time, at any hour. Like, Dad will go to bed, and we can wake him up, and he'll get up and watch it. I'm pretty sure. And he goes to bed early. <laughs> he he does love this movie. I, I did talk to him a little bit about it. We tried to. I tried to see if he'd come on the on the podcast, but he said he he might get a little nervous about being on national 
national uh, radio. For uh, Thailand's international uh, radio, Thailand's number fourteenth uh, podcast in all the land. There's there's some specifications to that ranking. Let's put that clear. <laughs> it, let's just put it out there. It may or may not be true. Okay, but you know, it was one week, and it was we were the fourteenth most film slash TV entertainment podcast, but which this, is still pretty dang good, if you ask me. I don't know if it's but, true. It doesn't matter. Th- this movie that we're talking about today is all about legends, and legend has it. That Inside Quotes is the number 14th podcast in Thailand. I'll take it. Hey, this podcast will never die. <laughs> it's in your heart, kid. That's right. This this podcast will be on, on the internet forever. 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 <laughs> My grandpa, Squidman Paladoris, was police chief back then. <laughs> I watched this movie with subtitles for the first time, so it was it was, it yeah. was good to hear some of these things. But yeah, I rewatched this movie all the time as a kid, to the point where I, at a time, this I'm not exaggerating, I could quote this entire movie, and did on occasion. You're talking gibberish. <laughs> I can't do it anymore, but I specifically remember at least one time where we were driving back home from our grandparents' house. And it's like a two, two and a half hour drive or so. And we got stuck in glorious traffic on I-75 going back to Tampa. There was some big accident. And I just remember we were in, we were stuck in traffic and we were just trying to like kill the time. You're so bored when that happens. Like (laughs) this, this was before we had the portable DVD players, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had a Game Boy, but I probably didn't have AA batteries or something. No, you just didn't have the light. Yeah. Uh, our mom suggested like, I don't know. I don't know if she really thought I could do it or not. She says, why don't you just quote Sandlot like you do all the time? And so I did. <laughs> I I just started, I just started talking. I just went through the whole movie just talking about, oh, this scene here. And then this happens and quoting as much of it as I could remember. That's not an unreasonable request. She was asking a future inside quotes host, the podcast that prides itself on knowing movie quotes. Yes. Come on. I and I could quote ninety percent of it. Maybe ten percent of it was probably some words that I wasn't allowed to say. Let's be honest. There's a, there's a few of them in here. <laughs> how how old were you when this happened? Um, I don't know. Um, probably in the seven seven to ten range. Probably okay. in there somewhere. Yeah, I I I don't really remember it. I was probably gooing and gagaing. Yeah, in my car seat. Yeah. Or we pulled over so you could barf on the side of the road. (laughs) Yo, I would always be barfing, though. Bubby got car sick. (laughs) (laughs) I was always throwing up. That was was one of my main personality traits as a toddler. (laughs) Some people get really disgusted and really, like, scared of throwing up when they're sick. But no, I, I welcome it. Let's let's add a warning here because I'm I'm about to tell a, a barfing story, and okay. I, I think it's relevant to this episode. I because of a scene because of a scene later on in this movie. Barf alert! I repeat, barf alert. Yeah, if there is a uh, if you're sensitive to to any of that kind of talk, you may want to skip ahead a little bit here. But we were on a road trip one time, and I think it was another situation where we were stuck in traffic. This wasn't the same time as I was quoting Sandlot all the way home. 
but there was a specific time we were stuck in traffic, pretty much a standstill, and we were driving home, and it was me, Jeremy, my parents, my older brothers, and our, our cousin, Wyatt, was with us. And I forgot one crucial detail of the story, which is before this, oh. um, we had gone ah. out to eat. We had gone out to eat. You had to preface this with what we threw up. <laughs> Cracker Barrel, of course. <laughs> it's not a Ro- Jones family road trip if you don't stop at Cracker Barrel. No, but our cousin not. Wyatt, he had uh, he had been given money <laughs> for the weekend. And uh, I-, I guess he was coming down to stay with us for like a weekend or a week or so. And he had been given money to spend. And, and whenever we went to bi- when we went to pay at the restaurant, he was like, oh, I'll pay for my portion. I got money. And he was excited to do all that. You know how you are when when you're at a friend's house or something and your parents give you money or if they don't and your friends offer to pay, you're just like, no, I'm not hungry. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not at all. No, I'm don't worry about me. No, <laughs> I'm not I don't, hungry. No, I don't actually eat. I don't eat three <laughs> yeah, meals a day. What is this? Like, Tuesday? No, I don't. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fasting actually. <laughs> you're eight. <laughs> so yeah, after, after we ate, we all hopped in the car. And Jeremy got car sick, <laughs> as he always yes. does, as he always does. And <laughs> um, our older brother, Larry, I think has a kind of a weak stomach. So anytime Jeremy would get sick at home or in the car, he would just like, he'd have to go to the other room. Like one big puke chain. <laughs> he would just have to go. There was one of us, one of our brothers always had to stop to pee on road trips. I had to one up <laughs> him. <laughs> Justin had to stop every 30 minutes. Um, Jeremy <laughs> had to puke every 30 minutes. And then I just liked to play my Game Boy and was quiet in the car, probably. You had all that time <laughs> uh, for us stopping to memorize the lines of Sandlot. Yeah, I was just thinking about Sandlot the whole time. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy's getting sick. He starts he starts spitting up in the car. And that triggers Larry's... <laughs> his gag reflex to where... At this point, he's just like, pull off the side of the road. He starts getting sick. He runs out the car, and he's getting sick. Justin starts getting sick. Our cousin Wyatt starts getting sick. Everyone <laughs> just jumps out of the car and just starts barfing on the side of the interstate. <laughs> Everyone was, except for me. So, and I just thought it was funny. And so I started pretending like I was throwing up, but I wasn't. This you can't make this up. This is such a like this sounds so fake. No, this is totally real. And after everyone was done, we get back in the car and the punchline on the whole story is our cousin Wyatt says, Well that was a waste of ten bucks. Well that was a waste <laughs> of ten bucks. Yeah, no, that that is something that you'd see in like the Goldbergs or something. Like a, a family sitcom. <laughs> chaotic scene yeah first the baby throws up <laughs> it, it got so bad my, my barfing got so bad to where like mom and dad almost bought a map so that they can pinpoint all the gas stations and rest stops that we or parts of the road of the every mcdonald's every cracker barrel every <laughs> gas station that jeremy ever puked at so yeah anyways this is a this was a big big influence on me and uh, this is definitely, definitely a staple. Wouldn't you agree, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. No, this is probably like the stapliest of all staples, if I, if you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. It's a stapley old staple, you know? In fact, Jonathan, you know how I was saying like this is 
this is one of those constant ones that we've seen with our family, not just us. That's there's a difference. When it's with our family, we classify this and we organize this in a special place called the default vault, um, trademarked, uh, patent pending. Um, let's let's open the door real quick. <laughs> um, it's a little dusty in here. Hmm. Oh, I see. Oh, there's national treasure. Oh, hey. the Sandlot. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> Who put RV in here? What? <laughs> Get that out of there. <laughs> uh, all right, John. Let's go back to the studio. I'll close it. All right. Now that we got this out, we can talk about the movie. Yeah. Now we can just stare at the case. But yeah, this is definitely, definitely deserving to be in the default vault. And this really, this really influenced me as a kid. Because I, I have one memory You'd... of being at our at the Holland house. Mm-hmm. Talk about being there all the time. Holland um, Street, remember... not Holland the country. Correct. And I remember playing in the backyard. And we had a swing set back there, kind of the back corner. Yep. And do you remember the house in like the back corner, not directly behind us, but off to the right, that had a big Doberman dog? <gasps> do you remember yes. that thing? That thing was scary. Yeah. It was huge. <laughs> and it would like come up to the fence oh. and stuff. Well, yeah. one time I was playing back there. I don't remember if I had like a some kind of ball or like a Frisbee or something. I don't know. But let's just say it went over that fence and I was faced with a choice. You knew what you had to do. Did you have a dream? I didn't have a dream, but my <laughs> mind, my mind immediately went back to this movie. And I just had to think of Babe Ruth's wisdom of heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And so I had to like build up the courage. I had to build up the courage, but I like, I waited till he had like, I guess that the Doberman, he like didn't see the ball. And he was like off yeah. to the other side. And uh, so I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna, I was just kind of walking around acting casually. And then I was just going to wait for the right moment. And I hopped the <laughs> fence <laughs> and I felt like <gasps> the moment I hopped the fence, I felt like the, the immediate weight of just like the scene where he like the music's playing. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it just like, he hits the ground after he hops over the fence after Benny hops yeah. the fence and it just cuts out. It's like this, doom. it's like ominous sound. <laughs> yeah and i did it and i was like i look around he doesn't see me <laughs> and so i run over to the ball and i grab it and then he spots me and i run and like hop over the fence really quick <laughs> and i pickled the beast i pickled the doberman congratulations directly Ooh. directly You're influenced a survivor. By this movie. and i didn't even have a pair of pf flyers i was gonna say you should have strapped those on real quick were they <laughs> did you four wheel some crocs four-wheel drive some crocs um my question is why don't you just go to the front door and ask <laughs> probably probably should have i hate how this movie just unravels with that one line this entire yeah. plot is yeah, just like eh we could have avoided that by knocking the door why didn't you knock on the door i'd have gotten it for you <laughs> well they were too scared to talk to talk to darth vader <laughs> thanks james Earl jones but yeah, now that we got the movie, let's uh, let's just dive into this to this story. It's almost All it's right. almost more than a story, though. Like rewatching it, like it's a way of life. <laughs> just like the modern myth, 
for kids. I just like legends and stories and pickles. <laughs> and, and pickles. <laughs> this makes me wish I grew up in the 60s. Because mm-hmm. our, our dad has nothing but nostalgia for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he never, like, I don't think he ever played baseball or anything, but, like, no. back in the good old days where you could just let your kids go outside for, like, days at a time. Yeah, I I, I know he said about this, this movie that he felt like it was pretty accurate to, like, how kids were and of the time, like, mm-hmm. how kids acted and played and hung out together and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about this movie. I, I watched it a couple days ago, and I've just been I've just been thinking about it. Just like keep thinking about it because <laughs> I haven't watched this in a long time, and it's just like after rewatching it, I was just like, "Yep, still good, still good." After all this time, and uh, I don't know, maybe just watching it, maybe from a slightly different perspective. But I just felt like the movie. There's a few themes in the movie, specifically the the play this play on the word legends, so to speak. Of obviously, mm-hmm. it's the quote that we've already said a million times from Babe Ruth: "Heroes get remembered, but legends never die." We got the legend of, you know, Babe Ruth, this iconic baseball player, how he he pointed, he he marked his spot. He he pointed to the stands and hit the homer. He was just yeah. a legendary baseball player. But then it's the story of like Benny, who is becomes a neighborhood legend and more by the end. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other aspect of it, like this, this legend where it's like it's the legend of the beast. I love I love yeah. what this movie does where it like shows the beast from the kid's perspective the whole time. And like you hear the yeah. story, you hear the legend. You know, he apparently he ate a kid one time. Anytime you see part of the, the dog, it's just like a huge like Muppet, like big bird monster yeah. looking thing. The credits have Horribly like puppeteers <laughs> credited. Yeah. <laughs> especially for that flashback sequence which is so good yeah i love that that scene where they're telling the story and it's so believable as a kid too it, it, but it's 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 garbage but you know who the true the who the true legend in this movie you can debate is it babe ruth is it the beast is it benny i'd like to put forth a different theory as to who the true legend of this movie is and that is our man squints because what he does is legendary. Squints, baby. Hey, what it do? <laughs> what a baller. He's been playing in this for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Squints is a baller and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is... Now, Jonathan, don't get offended when I say this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He reminds me of you <laughs> when you were little. <laughs> that just, like, sheer confidence... I was and very the influenced way... by him. I'll say that. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I mean, you never kissed any lifeguards as a as a ten year old, but you uh, you definitely I was talked to go a in lot the like end. him. Yeah. Really, <laughs> 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 I can't check it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't know. Something about his his vibe just gave me like a a really young Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's always cracking wise. Oh yeah, he he's like a a behind the scenes leader of the group. He's he's always got something to say. He's always like yapping in the background. I noticed <laughs> rewatching it. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm I'm kind of a combination of him and and Scotty. Definitely, I definitely have that nerdy side, kind of that geeky side. 
Yeah. And like trying to fit in with other people. And so I usually I usually can lean on the humor. I at least have that sometimes <laughs> if I'm not being <laughs> awkward. <laughs> who do you have me pinned down as? Like I was going to ask what you what you thought. I don't, I don't know. You know what? I was going to say just on our pure... personal our personal history, I'd say maybe I'm I'm Tommy and you're Timmy just repeating everything I say. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I hope not. That kid is a dork, man. No. And actually played with him? And actually played with him? <laughs> um my guess you I, I didn't think I don't see you as Smalls at all. I I, I see you as Tommy and Squints. And I see myself as Smalls a little bit, actually. Yeah. I wasn't Benny, that's for sure. Nah, definitely not. I wasn't that cool. I strive to be Benny today, but <laughs> what a good guy. What a good guy. Legend. Is this Scotty's movie or is this Benny's movie? You know what? It's both of theirs. Yeah, I guess. It ends with both of them in the same same room, so it's almost Small area. Yeah, it's it definitely Scotty is the point of view character, but it's almost yeah. like everything he is, it's like talking about Benny. The movie history. is about Benny. And it's about, it's really Scotty about Scotty is journey. the main character. Yeah. That's weird. Like it's almost a twist at the end because you would think that Scotty is kind of like, he's the main character and he's the mm-hmm. one that's going to have to like man up and be brave and, and face the beast. But then... Babe Ruth doesn't show up at in Scotty's dreams. He shows up in Benny's. Why is yeah. it Benny's responsibility to take care of this? Well, it's because he's destined for greater, greater things. Because he's the leader of the pack. He is responsible for every one of those kids. And he's a natural born leader. I was thinking about this. Like, I've never read this book, How, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's probably some qualities of Benny that are that are in there. Cause he's like, obviously he's like, he's trying to make everyone better. He's like, he's yeah. trying to improve himself, but he's a good leader. And he's like, he's encouraging to other people. Obviously he takes, he takes uh Scotty under his wing as a mentor, teaches him how to throw a ball for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, it's his journey. You know, he's destined for, for greater things. The, the, the quote from the movie is, you know, for us, baseball was just a game. But for Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, baseball was life. He was like always practicing, trying to improve, <laughs> trying to grow. But yeah, uh, he's a good dude. Everyone could use to have a friend like him in their life, I, I'd imagine. Especially if you're new in town. Squints is just going to make fun of you. The other thing, the other kind of like theme of the movie that keeps getting repeat, repeated is uh, the concept of like a pickle in baseball. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that as much uh, as a kid, but it's like definitely pretty heavy handed in this. It's like it starts mm-hmm. out with there's obviously the the metaphor of like being in a pickle in baseball. But obviously, then there's also the other aspect of Scotty getting the group into a pickle. Actually, mostly just him between him and his dad, because he takes his dad's yeah. baseball and <laughs> and it gets hit over the what fence. Is- Oh my goodness. I I want to I want to bag on him so so I want to bash him so hard for for making that decision, but also every one of us has made something similar to that. Yeah. In in our in our childhood. Uh but still that's a, that's a Babe Ruth baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Works out. Well, my problem with that part is that 
There's nine kids who play baseball every single day. How do they not have an extra baseball lying around in their garage at home? Those things are expensive, man. They cost ninety. They're everywhere cents at Vincent's drugstore. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's not like them. they bust a ball every time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they can't get but them still, back once like, they lose it. It's gone. In the it's garage, gone, man. It's history. Kiss it goodbye. Kiss it. Especially Benny. Like Benny, who loves baseball so much, doesn't have a second baseball at home. He has a second glove. He has a second glove. Come on. He had a second hat. Yeah. That's what I really love. He he takes care of the newbies. He's all he's like that guy that is assigned to talk to the new kid at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was, hey, you got a fireplace? Yep. Yeah, why don't you take that and throw it in there? <laughs> and it's a nice touch oh. at the end. At the end when he's wearing that hat. Yeah. The grown up Scotty. He's wearing that fishing hat. <laughs> A dorky hat. <laughs> With an elongated bill. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidest looking hat ever. Yeah, the the I mentioned it earlier, but just to hit on it again, the I love that this movie is from like the kid's perspective of seeing the beast. And I think on a subconscious level, like just because of like my childhood fear of dogs, yeah, I think this same. movie resonated with me even more because it like that is a real obstacle for me to face. <laughs> <laughs> every dog is the beast in my eyes you know but um even when they're like it's not just in the flashback sequence when they're trying to get the ball and they're looking out the windows and they're trying to get it through the fence it still looks huge it still looks like this monster dog till the very end but um it's a matter of perspective these are the movies they don't they don't make movies like this anymore that are like from the kids perspective kids movies starring kids for kids we don't have these that often anymore it's mostly just animated features and like if they do have a kids movie it's got like a kid character in it but then they're like paired up with some like a-list actor you know like huh the rock is the tooth fairy you know jack black is going to be in this goosebumps movie with these kids you know the only movie recently that came out i think you've got a point there is uh it's a movie that came out called the kid who would be king yeah came out and i really enjoyed that because it was kind of a throwback to some of these older movies i don't know i i did before we started recording i was i was looking through like kids movies the last 10 years and it was all it's just like there was no there wasn't very many that i could see that were like kids movies and they were the stars kind of thing yeah obviously this has some adults in it but it's it's all from like the kids perspective mostly and the adults are just there to serve serve the kids Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay, that's right. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is like the exceptions in recent years. Although it has it has Steve Zahn in it, and in my mind, he's an A list actor. So it does. <laughs> Never but, mind. But what I mean by that is just like they're like supporting. He's roles. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're not the main character, and they've got some like kid sidekicks. You know. You know what? Speaking of sidekicks, another movie's just like that is Shazam. Shazam is definitely like four kids by kids, and I guess never. I guess it's got Chuck. As the main character, but right, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right because that one's kind of a like a like the movie big sort of a thing, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing the the superhero movies are they're they're marketed for kids, mm-hmm. but also like the young adults and everyone really. Yeah, I mean those are the movies that those are the live action movies that the kids care about is Marvel and all that. But you know, I've never actually given that a thought of that being act- an actual thing. But you've got a point there. Hey, 
I've got a lot sad. of things on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Squints Paladoris walked a little taller that day when we had to tip our hats to him. What he had done was sneaky, rotten, and low. And cool. cool. He'd kissed a woman. He'd kissed her long and good. And good. <laughs> we got banned from the pool forever that day. But every time we walked by after that, the lifeguard looked down from her tower right over at Squints and smiled. Hey. Must have been a good kisser. She never <laughs> forgot that kiss. Dude, what a baller, dude. Squints, my boy. <laughs> Nowadays, he would have been so canceled good. for that move. But yeah. that's, oh, man. I don't know if he'd get canceled. So Maybe Wendy Peppercorn might get canceled for smiling back later. <laughs> Point is, I, I doubt they would put that in a movie these days. But yeah. man. Yeah. So smooth. So smooth. He's been planning it for years. Yeah, but he had to look like a dead fish. <laughs> oh, Hats off to him. This movie is like, it's a baseball movie, but it's it's more about the friendship and mm-hmm. hanging out during the summer. It's just like such a good summer movie. The only actual baseball competition they have is <laughs> during the name calling sequence. Yeah, which is classic. They just play that one game, <laughs> but that's it. They only played it for their pride. It's not like, that's that's the best yeah. part about this movie is that it's not like, there's not a montage of different games in order to get to the championship. And right. that's the end all of the of the. That's the end of the movie when they win, you know, this is a movie about the kids and that's cool. It's just pure love of the game. You know, it says that they, they never kept score. They just took turns. They kept playing every day, picked up where they left off. That's all it was. Well, for everyone (laughs) except for Benny. Yeah. And it's so cool that like, they're just playing for fun and they just whip, they just whooped on Jode again. You really whipped on Jode again. (laughs) They just whipped all the, the little leaguers with their, their uniforms and their bicycles, their official field. Are we not just going to say what we just quoted? Because that's just us. Nobody's going to understand what that was. <laughs> whooped on Joe again. Like Mike, Man, everybody. I whooped on Joe again. <laughs> yeah, they, so it starts out, I mean, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie is, like, Scotty, like, making friends, basically. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this. Like, would you just, like spy on a group of kids and just like hang out in a field with a baseball glove. Like that was just so weird. Pretend to be one of them. (laughs) It's like you pretend to be a part of it, but like actually hiding at the same time. Yeah. But like secretly hoping Uh, they notice him. I mean, he's just doing what his mom told him to do. So yeah, she told him to get into trouble, get into trouble, play, get dirty, get into trouble. You have my permission. Now, how many mothers say that? Well, well, none mothers, I guess. <laughs> Jonathan, this this movie right here probably is one of the top movies with the quantity of quotes. I don't know so many about quality of quotes because not a lot of them like stand out. Not all of them stand out like mm-hmm. cer- certain movies, but there are definitely like a, a few that everybody like. Every mall T shirt has the "You're killing me, Smalls." You yeah, know? I don't quote that one. It's too. It's too mainstream, you know? (laughs) We're Sandlot hipsters. (laughs) No, but, like, we even quote the narrator just now. (laughs) But Jeremy, Jeremy will say something, and I'll, like, disagree with him, and I'll go, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He got eaten. (laughs) It'll make no no context, I'll just say it. (laughs) Yeah, 
the beginning is just like them getting used to Scotty. And then they, they kind of, it has a few scenes of them actually playing baseball, but then there's a, just mm-hmm. a good, like one sequence after the other where we've already talked about some of them, but after, after he, they've kind of accepted Scotty into the group. That's when they, they, they have to camp out and they, they tell him the story mm-hmm. of the beast. <laughs> and that's such a great, yeah. a great scene. You want to s'more? S'more what? S'more what? This makes this movie makes me want to eat a s'more. Mm. Although I didn't think about this until probably this time. I wonder when s'mores were invented because like he makes it sound like he's never heard of it before, like he hasn't. So I wonder if it was fairly new. Never thought of that. If they weren't, they were. They were when, after this. When movie. was the graham cracker invented? The s'more was invented in 1927. Okay. So, first formal recipe for the treat called Some Moors is recorded in the 1927 book Tramping, Tramping and Trailing with the Girl Scouts. So the Girl Scouts invented s'mores. Wow. Which makes so much sense. Why isn't their Girl Scout cookie s'more flavor not good? Girl Scouts. Fire Fix your cookies. Flies. <laughs> It it ended up the original recipe calls for like sixteen graham crackers, sixteen marshmallows, and eight bars of chocolate broken in two. So it was like a casserole almost. That's weird. Mm, that sounds good. It does. S'mores I casserole. Take, I could take a s'mores casserole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes it it goes from that that scene to uh, the next day. It's like. That's when uh, Squints is checking out Wendy Peppercorn, and then we have the whole, yep. it's too hot, so they go to the pool. I'm baking like a toasted cheeser, Benny! It's so hot! It's too hot! <laughs> uh, one one line so I always hot. thought was good was uh, uh, Squints and Yaya show up late, and they're like, what took you so <laughs> long? And Yaya's like, uh, Squints was perving a dish. <laughs> perving a dish. <laughs> <laughs> was not... Okay, so I actually did quote that line one time in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> did you get in trouble for it? Uh, Justin got very mad at me about this. <laughs> this was at church. This was at church. Oh, no. And it was one of those things where, like, Justin was talking to, like, some was girls. Was Justin perving a dish? Yes, he was perving a dish. <laughs> Not really. Okay, you spit some game. That's what it's called. Now, he now. was talking to some girls after church, and it was time for us to go. And mom and dad sent me to go find Justin, tell him to go to the car. It's ready to go. <laughs> time to go home, or go out to lunch or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I see that he's going. He's like, "Okay, I'll be there in a minute." And he's like shooing me away. And he like he wasn't he wasn't following me. He wasn't coming back with me. So I was just like, <laughs> "Justin, quit perving a dish. Let's go." And then I like ran to the car. <laughs> <laughs> and he got so oh, mad at me for that and like oh, after dude. he came to the car he put me in that classic you know that classic like pinch pinch you by the back of your neck you know oh, and squeeze yeah. and be like oh. don't you ever say that again <laughs> <laughs> i will end you <laughs> oh man that's funny i've never heard that <laughs> i love the simplicity of that was not only did you yell at him, but you knew you were going to get hit. So once you yelled at you immediately bolted. Oh, man. I, I uh, was. I was a little squints back then, wasn't I? 
Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were a, <laughs> definitely weren't an L7 weenie. <laughs> Kids a square, man. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer even. Footlong. Dodger dog. A weenie. <laughs> but we go from this, we go from this pool scene to one of the great moments of cinema, in my opinion. And one of the reasons yeah. why we're covering this movie around this time, because we got the 4th of July coming up. Oh, this just has the yeah. iconic 4th of July scene playing under the stars under well, the fireworks. You might as well enter in the organ music right now. Let's call in Ray Charles right now. Let's do it. Mm. No, dude, that's that cinematic moment. Perfect use of lighting for sure. The colorful fireworks shining on their faces, like them all stopping what they're doing as the entire country looks up into the sky and celebrates their independence. Beautiful moment. It was like an intermission almost for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Between that, that's the second most patriotic version of any song. The first one being, uh, obviously, God Bless the USA. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, just before they go to the, the field, they have, like, the 4th of July, I guess, neighborhood barbecue or whatever outside. Which mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. It'd be cool to have, oh, like, a neighborhood yeah. thing just, like, out in the cold sex. The continuous crane out. shot of him leaving his door and then going into the cul-de-sac yeah. and picking up a hot dog off a random table. Like, yeah, they had not to, your party. <laughs> they had to get uh, Porter with that one, being the chubby kid. He's got to run through the line, fill up a bunch Classic. of food. <laughs> fill up his hat and glove with hot dogs and random stuff. But yeah, it's just it's just very memorable. Anytime I think of like summertime and 4th of July, this, this scene comes to mind for sure. Yeah, after the after the great Fourth of July scene, we get an equally great scene where uh, <laughs> they go to the. This is the baseball standoff coming up next with the insults. Yes, probably them up definitely right some li- definitely some lines in here. I probably wasn't allowed to quote as a kid. Probably had to <laughs> had to. Uh... But now that we're in our twenties, we can so do that now. Sorry, mom. Gonna put in a explicit label on this episode to rejects and a uh, fat kid, Rodriguez. Shut your mouth, Phillips. What'd you say, crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball. Except for Rodriguez, you're all an insult to the game. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! You plan a real diamond porter? You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron! Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Puss licker. Smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob for apples in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. Easily the least creative one, yet yeah. the most drop the mic moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What, what did you say? You heard me. The next part is my favorite. 
insult that I use all the time. Tomorrow, noon, at our field, be there, Buffalo Butt Breath. <laughs> Buffalo Butt Breath is solid. It's Buffalo. it's the alliteration for it. That's what's going for it right there. <laughs> this brings me back to when we talked about the Little Rascals, and we talked about all the yeah. colorful insults. And it was Sissy so Fight, Tweety Bird. These kids are so, so creative. Good. Which so your favorite one's Buffalo Butt Breath and mine's Buffalo Butt Breath for sure. <laughs> you mix your Wheaties with your mama's toe jam. <laughs> it's just such a classic scene. And of course oh, they God. like they go on and the Sandlot kids, they show them they show them who's boss. Oh yeah. <laughs> After that they get Let's wrap they, this up. I gotta be home for lunch. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. I was about to brush over that. He's still trash talking. Still, there's so many good quotes too in that in that scene where he's just trash talking him. He's <laughs> like, "My if my dog was as ugly as you, I shave his butt, tell him to walk backwards." That is one of the best ones. It's uh, like, what is that? Your is who's that out there in the outfield? Is that your sister naked? Oh, she's <laughs> naked. <laughs> what i'm just trying to make conversation friendly conversation <laughs> relax think she'd go out with me <laughs> oh man i was curious i i wonder if that was just like improv like was those just lines or did they just like sit the camera on that kid and just have him just possibly go? i mean he had some of the best lines best i feel like he's young if he was that funny <laughs> coming up with this stuff like that's amazing yeah no that'd be great if he was well, there's also another like, like rapid fire quotes when mm-hmm. they have the names of uh, Babe Ruth, like oh, the yeah, Sultan of SWAT, the King of Crash, King of the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout, Babe Ruth, the, the Great, Great Bambino. Bambino. You keep saying that. Who is she? But after they beat the kids, the 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 preppy little league team. They're uh, they're feeling all high and mighty. They go to the they go to the carnival, and uh, yeah. hilarity ensues. And they 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 celebrate. Which brings us to this week's sponsor, Big Chief, <laughs> the best jaw. <laughs> what is it? Chewing tobacco. What do you do with they it? They went through every single name, like slang name of chewing tobacco. Yeah. Let's dip. Let's dip. Let's dip. Funny, I, I don't think it shows every kid. I, I don't think it shows Benny dipping. It, it doesn't show him It doesn't show him uh, barfing, so I guess he knew not to swallow it. He's a smart boy. He's a smart boy. <laughs> Jeremy, have you ever tried chewing tobacco? I have not, but you sure have. One time, as a kid. Yeah, our, uh, our Uncle Herschel one time, I was over at, at his house. And I remember being like out on his like front porch area. <laughs> I was I was young. I I don't even know. Jeremy may have been a baby at this point. I don't even know if you were born. Yeah, I guess no. You I probably were. You, I thought you were. said you were three. No, I was older than that. Oh really? I feel like I was like five or six or so. So I was at his house and uh, I was out on his front porch and he's like, "Hey, you want to try this?" And he handed he gave me some. He just told me, "Oh, you just chew it." <laughs> so I started chewing it. It was like the most disgusting thing ever. I like spit it out all over the porch. Remember the taste? Yeah, I remember the taste. I don't remember what mm. brand it was. I remember he had this. It was in this like yellow pouch. I don't know what brand it was, but oh, not even like a like a hockey puck looking thing. No, it wasn't like the Copenhagen type or anything. Oh. 
it was enough. It was enough for me to try it, not like it, and uh, never go back. So, did you barf or go on any carnival? I rides? didn't barf, but I just like it was so gross. I spit it out everywhere, all over like his front porch. <laughs> <laughs> it was all over the ground. <laughs> what did he expect? He just laughed at it. Of course, he knew what I was going to do. Trying to get your nephew on a nicotine addiction. That just laughed at man. <laughs> yeah, we've got some characters in our family. That's for sure. But they all they all dip, Jeremy. And then you know what they do next? They go on the most famous carnival ride. The Crazy Camel. The Crazy Camel. <laughs> From Bush Gardens. I had to mention it. That was your favorite ride, man. It's like the same thing. That wasn't my favorite. What was it? When you were a kid, because you couldn't go on anything, you always wanted to ride the Crazy Camel at Bush Gardens yeah. in Tampa. <laughs> Yeah. Anytime I rode it, I was just like, okay, I'll ride it and I'll pretend I'm on the sand line, pretend to barf the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that actually now. Shoot. Man, I thought I thought the crazy camel was just gonna be a nostalgia bomb for you. No, because you made me think of Sandstorm. Oh yeah, yeah. And that Sandstorm. was my favorite ride there. That was a good one too. Yeah. Also not a Bush Garden Stampa anymore. No, it's gone. But yeah, the the scene on the <laughs> <laughs> the carnival ride is just classic. We already mentioned it some, but uh, yeah, it's just the the image of just like specifically. I always think of like it just the barf hitting the ground, just splattering all over it. the the lady's Her shoes. shoes. No, <laughs> and then the shot of them like all like getting off the ride and they've just got it stains all over their shirts. <laughs> The other subtle thing, the other good thing about that scene is just like, oh, they're so pumped. They're so excited to be on the ride. And then just how it slowly, you just see how it like slowly <laughs> starts to affect them. <laughs> and just slowly, like their eyes just like getting kind of dizzy and something's wrong here. <laughs> you know, he's the supplier of the chew of the chaw. What is that guy's name? We have not talked about Bertram very much. Bertram. But this is his this is his scene to shine, okay? Because Oh yeah. <laughs> he makes the funniest scene. Like you know he put in like half a bag of this stuff in his mouth. And he's just like the face he makes whenever it like hits him hard is like he's like cross-eyed. <laughs> he's like he's, It's just it's just so bad. <laughs> I think it's funny how at the end it's like Bertram got really into the 60s. No one ever That's saw one of him dad's again. favorite line. That's one yeah. of dad's favorite quote pull-out quotes. Bertram? Bertram got really into the 60s. No one ever saw him again. Which makes sense, because he's the supplier of the tobacco. Yeah. We know That's he got into some, some psychedelics, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he was <laughs> That's at Woodstock. That's really funny. I never understood that quote until I was an adult. I mean, jumping to the end, the epilogue, where it's like talking about what they all went on to do. It's like it all, there's always, there's like some reference to something previous in the movie or something that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like he becomes a professional bungee jumper or something like that. <laughs> yeah. How do you become a professional bungee jumper? I don't know. Some base jumper. Maybe, maybe that's what it said. Mm. I, I still don't know what that is, but. Base jumping is just skydiving off mm. of something. Porter became the great ham, Yep. <laughs> a wrestler. Uh, Timmy and Tommy got famous for building tree houses. <laughs> and then it said they, they invented the mini mall, yeah. which I never got mini, that reference. Yeah. I didn't get Architects. that one. But, um, <laughs> dude, that dusty Tommy, Tommy blaming himself covered in dust, vacuum cleaner, sand, so dust. Oh, 
That is vivid. <laughs> you can almost smell it, you know. Also, he would not have survived. Do you see the flames come out of that? Yeah, it was like, like a legit explosion. Like, there was, was flames. It wasn't just like yeah. a cloud of dust. Mushroom clouds off. out the window. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yeah, yeah. You run like a duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Key, but but I <laughs> I <laughs> part of the game, right? The geekiest looking one besides Timmy, Bertram had to say. He's a geek, man. Yeah, he just looks like he owns a toad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just looks like Froggy from Little Rascals. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. He looks like Bill from Freaks and Geeks, but not as ugly. <laughs> he just looks like he owns a toad. But yeah, we get into the point. We get to the point of the movie where, you know, classic. Someone hits a homer. They need a new ball. Scotty goes, grabs the baby Ruthie ball from his dad's room. <laughs> and then they hit it over the fence. And then you've just got this sequence after sequence of, of them trying to get the ball back, which is pretty good. Did you have a favorite of those scenes? I want to say the erector set, but the vacuum was also really cool. That was cool. Um, yeah. But I think my favorite was just the simple, like, the the or it was the erector set because that was the coolest thing. And, like, yeah. how the, the scoop split hot dog style and just scooped it up. And yeah. then you got your hopes up so much because it catapulted over. But then so close. dog bigger than Clifford yeah. just whale jumps and <laughs> catches it <laughs> down the gullet. The, the one that frustrated me the most... Was the one where yeah yeah like they, you know they hang, he gets in the harness and they lower him down. <laughs> he, I I get it. He gets like freaked out when he comes face to face with the beast, but he had it in his hand. All he had to do was toss it over. I know what an idiot. He should have should have just thrown it. And then they could have lifted him up. He didn't have to hold on to it the whole time. So that frustrates me. Yeah, the, the vacuum one is good because there's a line from that one that I quote all the time where it's like the pipes it's, it's shut, shut. we still quote that any any time yeah but I, I don't know how they learned to like rig three vacuums together I don't know how they knew how to design the, the erector I don't set. understand why none of these kids didn't become engineers Yeah, like this is a movie for engineers to be inspired to become engineers as kids <laughs> Like Legos weren't invented, but erector sets, those are cool. I wish I had an erector set. The uh, one line oh, specifically with that, the, before they talk about, it's like, oh, I was going to bring all, all my pieces of the, the erector set and put it together. He, he says like, like every oh, kid I, in the neighborhoods. He was like, oh, we pulled out all the stops and we collected yeah. everybody. Now as a kid, because I didn't know what that what that set was. I wasn't familiar with that. Like dad had to explain that that was yeah. like a toy as a kid. I thought when they said pulled out all the stops, I thought they meant they they took out all the stop signs in the neighborhood because yeah, it, it looks like the same like... material. <laughs> it looks like the same like posts. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how I thought they. That's how I thought they built like the track for it to like roll on. So I don't know. Maybe they did. After after all those attempts fail, they go home. I guess Scotty's just gonna have to face his dad. His, well, his face Bill. Mm-hmm. When he comes back home from his business trip. <laughs> but then he's like, I had a dream. 
Yeah. I love that scene. It's just so much the one with, with the Babe Ruth. The 1920s grainy film overlay that they put on him. Mm-hmm. So cool. Like, yeah. what a vivid dream. The way it's shot, it, it almost seems like it's like an angel or something is like visiting him. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. like make it look like a dream. It's just like, oh, he's in his room and <laughs> and Babe Ruth is here. I love when he when uh, when Benny's like telling him about it. It's just like, oh, we got to get this ball. It's like, what's stopping you? And it's like this big gorilla dog thing. <laughs> gorilla dog thing. <laughs> it's eating one kid already. <laughs> You'd think he wouldn't, Benny wouldn't believe the myth, you know? But yeah. I guess everybody he always seemed a little older and wiser than the others, but yeah. I guess not that much older. But Benny decides he's going to face the beast. And is this your introduction to the song Wipeout, Jeremy? Skipping ahead? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> All of these have specific sounds, and there's there's a couple things, categories I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. First, we can talk about foods, and then we'll talk about sounds. Okay. But first, uh, that 4th of July cake, yep. six feet tall, mm-hmm. bussin'. <laughs> um, yeah. The s'mores, mm-hmm. bussin'. And Big Chief, barfin'. Barfin'. <laughs> uh, I guess the last thing that was actually food and not Big Chief that stood out to me was and this is a good transition into sounds too it was the glass of chocolate milk at the beginning <laughs> ooh stirring that up ooh that brings me back to the days of just going into the kitchen getting the nest quick out and just getting a knife and going <laughs> aggressively oh that that sound of mm. clinking a chocolate milk <clears throat> we we were not a hershey syrup family we got the nesquik heck powder. no powder is way better it. and then my favorite sound of the out of this movie is how crunchy that fence sounds when he steps on it <laughs> or anything like the metal tin after it fell on over on the wood after it, it fell over even then yeah. even when they catch it you know exactly what i'm talking about mm-hmm. the the crunchiness and crispiness of the sound of the fence was crazy good sound design for sure because that's like all you that's like perfect background foley yeah. foley yeah. that's perfect better, foley work better than attack of the clones for sure no it's not it's not it's not <laughs> but good foley work when the when the barf splatters on the ground and <laughs> yeah it's the lady's shoes it's good, they good get, stuff. they're unsung heroes i'm sorry but they are absolutely there's not many movies that make barfing look fun <laughs> Like, this makes me want to go out and barf somewhere, you know? Yeah, they were just having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> they were just hanging out, having fun. Number one. We're all dudes, you know? <laughs> but speaking of the sounds, this this movie has such a great soundtrack. But just the songs that they use from Amen. Wipeout to Tequila <laughs> to... The best karaoke song of all time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tequila! Um... But I mean, the Ray Charles song, we already mentioned that one. Um, oh, yeah. Is the song Finger Poppin' Time at the beginning? Ooh. What's this magic moment? Is that is that the name yep. of the song? 
Wendy itself. Peppercorn. I just know that's the line that sings as soon as Squints kisses Wendy Peppercorn. This magic moment. <laughs> that one's good. And the, the music itself, like the score, is pretty memorable too. Like the moment it starts out from the very beginning of the movie, I'm like, oh man, I was just really nostalgic listening to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jonathan, no, no, no. The first note made me instantly smile. <laughs> I was listening to this. Instantly made me smile and get me hyped for this movie. Oh. Um, we almost forgot uh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic. The iconic piano blues. This makes me want to play. I want to play this on piano. The song makes me want to really play it on piano. Green Onions. With the kids on their bike. Uh, hmm. Trash talking. <laughs> oh, solid. Every song is just so memorable. Maybe just because I've seen this movie so many times. But I don't know. What's your favorite song from here? Probably this magic moment. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just because the way it it's uh it just works with the scene. It's kind of a punchline to the scene. It, it just oh, it, yeah. it just really works so good in that that aftermath of them getting kicked out of the pool. <laughs> if yeah, <laughs> it's one. for fitting the movie, I think that it is good. Um, I guess yeah. I think my favorite would be finger popping time, just the beginning, just setting the mm-hmm. setting the scene. Yeah. But obviously my favorite song is going to be Oh Beautiful. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Yeah. Music. This is going to be a contender for sure for soundtracks and scores. Yeah. On the staple bracket. We get to the moment we've all been waiting for. Benny hops the fence, pickles the beast. I just love that scene. Just like Jonathan did. Just like I did. I love the way it, it plays it. It's just like so serious. I mean, this is life or death. This is, this is, uh, you know, what cements him to become a neighborhood legend. It's just so serious. They're like died. begging him not to go. This is suicide, Benny. It's suicide. Don't do it, Benny. <laughs> it's like no it's small suicide. I have to do this. And then after he gets the ball, it basically just turns into a chase sequence <laughs> with wipeout playing. But yeah. um, I would. I don't know what that movie is that like it keeps cutting back and forth between. <laughs> that was the archiest it, part of the film. That was so weird, like intertwining. Yeah, that was weird. Look, mommy, look, mommy, a doggy. Ooh, a big doggy. <laughs> Classic. They chase them all the way back to the same lot, so they just run around town basically. <laughs> yeah, chase them all the way back, and the fence falls. On the on the beast, all the all the other kids are like, "I'm not gonna help him." <laughs> I think scary. <laughs> but Scotty's the only one that like he's like, "Oh, he's hurt. You gotta right help me, Vinny. You gotta help me." Yeah, I wouldn't have helped him. We were. Too I've been scared. chased by dogs before. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Like, <laughs> Benny got did he, did he get bit like in the butt or did he just yeah. like bite his shirt? Because I was always confused. Maybe his shirt. But I like he, he like he makes this like pained face like he got bit in the butt. So I think he got <sighs> bit. Yeah, Benny helps him up. And then uh, the grossest scene is the beast licks their face. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> the thought of getting licked by a dog is disgusting. I don't I do not like dogs licking me. So if you're a dog and you're listening, 
stay, get you and your tongue away from me, you know? Like, back off, dude, you know? Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Yeah, at the, the end of the movie, basically, you kind of hinted at it earlier, like, it kind of pops the bubble of, like, with the, with Mr. Myrtle comes out, and says, why didn't you just knock on the door? I would have gotten it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just, like, I, I like that it's in, it stays in, like, the kid's perspective, the whole movie. It's like, that's yeah. not an option. Like, it's not if Mr. Mr. Myrtle's the meanest old man that ever lived, you know, <laughs> like he, he's the one that told the beast social anxiety than you give them credit for. <laughs> you think kids have no embarrassment? Oh, of course they do. The embarrassment of asking for a ball that went out of your own control, out of your own property into somebody else's. Mm-hmm. No, you just you only go for that ball if you're desperate. And not to mention all the the legend, the made up legends about Mr. Myrtle and the Beast. So they're, they're yeah. not they're not going over there. Kiss it goodbye. It's history. But um, it's kind of a cool cool uh, twist at the end where it turns out like the guy actually knew Babe Ruth and like ah, I taught him everything yeah. he knows. And it's like I'd have, I would have been better than him if I didn't go blind. They've been playing this entire time in this dude's pretty much backyard. They're just mm-hmm. in an empty lot and. Their their idol of all sports of all time is just his best friends like right next to him. I take it back. You're not in trouble. You're dead where you stand. <laughs> but he offers him a pretty pretty sweet deal. In uh, it's like, yeah, hey, I'll trade you this ball signed by the entire New York Yankees team, 1927. Yeah. Luke Gay. If you come by and, and talk baseball with me once a week, so he just needed a friend. All yeah, he has that's is all. this. Dog that he keeps chained up that needs a friend as well. But... Oh, Hercules? <laughs> no one's ever gotten the best of old Hercules. Not since I told him to eat that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fault the end. I, I like that ending. It's it's still good to me. It doesn't it doesn't oh, no, take I, away I from don't the movie. Either. No, it I would have been a kid that would have been just frustrated from that in real life. If this was real life and not a movie, yeah. Probably would have been frustrated the whole time. But <laughs> I, in fact, after like the first or second mess up, I would have just been like, all right, well, we've damaged three of our parents' vacuum cleaners, guys, and all of our erector sets are completely tossed. Oh, I know. I mean, come on. We, we so exploded much. our treehouse. Why can't we just knock on the man's door? <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> Imagine what they had to explain to their parents after blowing up three of their vacuum cleaners. Yeah. They all looked really nice, too. <laughs> But yeah, based on based on all this, Benny becomes a legend in the neighborhood. Gets known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yep. Nickname that stuck with him all his life. So one thing I always confused me about Benny the Jet Rodriguez is like later on, I was like, so what does this have to do with this Benny and the Jet song by Elton John? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a song till like high school. Yeah, or I didn't like even it. college really. And chronologically, Benny, this happened in the 60s. Yeah. So I think this ha- event happened later, yeah. before Elton John wrote the song. And before yeah. Elton John became a gardener for Ted Betterhead in the Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> We've quoted all of our favorite movies except Holes. We might as well figure <laughs> that out. I don't, know where, I don't know where this Elton John song comes into play, but it doesn't really matter. Sand, Sandlot yeah. is where it's at. I can't listen to the song without thinking of the Sandlot. But yeah, Jeremy, I think this movie is probably in like the top five, like most influential movies of all time for me. I feel like rewatching it. 
Yep, I would also agree. This was this was a huge influence on my movie tastes and and why I love the movies that we love so much and that we this cover is, on this podcast. This is this big. is a cinematic children's film. This is not just a kids movie. This yeah. is a this is film. A default vault for sure. Default for movie. vault. Now, I guess are we about to wrap this up cuz we got to make yeah. sure should we should we put it back in the vault or should we keep it out or what? Yeah, let's but, let's put it back in. Till next okay. time. Till next time right. that we uh pick something else out of there. I mean, we just got movies in there. I don't know if we need this huge vault for storing this stuff, but it, it's it's the effect, you know. It's more about the uh it's more about the the sentimental value. And that's the biggest thing. That's what all the space is for. I, I kind of designed it to be like the, the walk-in fridge from Ratatouille, only a vault. We've had some random movies in there in the past, but I think we can officially induct the Sandlot 1993 into the default vault for the Jones family and Inside Quotes family, now that you're along with us. Yeah, I think it's about time we, we, we close this one up. All right. Jeremy, it's glad, it, I'm glad to add another movie to the default vault. Next week, it's going to be your turn. Have any idea what we're going to be covering next week? I do, and it is a classic. And it's, let's just say this year's stable bracket is going to be really hard. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah. All right, we'll roll the clip here. Oh, default. We want you to tell us the answer. The answer to what? The answer to life, the universe, everything. We'd really like an answer. Something simple. Hmm, you have to think about that. Return to this place in exactly seven and a half million years. Is it finished? No, no, there's more. There's more. They go back. Deep thoughts. Do you have an a answer for you? Yes, but you're not going to like it. It doesn't matter. We must know it. All right. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is... Forty-two. So our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. Um, go ahead and give him a follow. He's, he's really talented, got a lot of cool artwork. And if you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at InsideQuotesCast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment to rate and review the show. Leave us a five-star review, and you too can lock lips with Wendy Peppercorn. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us revisit our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, be sure to hit the subscribe and follow on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until then, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. It's about time our clothes have been going out of style. Be there, Buffalo Butt Breath. While your lips are close to mine, will last forever. Forever.